Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on the podcast show called What's the Trend? My name is Nicholas Polito, and in this podcast, we're going to talk about the latest trends in design, from graphic design, photography, to brand design, and pretty much filmmaking, sort of. I recently launched my new uh, website, so feel free to check that out in the description below. And in terms of business, we're going to have some heavy discussions with real-life practitioners, influencers who really make a difference and an impact, and I'm looking forward to that. But other than that, the most important thing of all is values, trend, lifestyle, um, communication themes, and pretty much human, human behavior and all that stuff. We talked about um, it in the first episode, and that's the second episode, obviously. So for the people who don't know me, I'm a self-taught designer, actually brand designer and entrepreneur. And I moved here from Germany to Chicago in July 2017, right? So, and once I got here, I was so amazed at what's happening in the marketplace because Germany usually lags uh, one to three years behind and uh, that's pretty much the inspiration of the show to give you guys value and uh, to provide you guys with the current trends today. So, this is episode 002 and today we're going to talk about the three R's rejections, risks, and regrets. <laughs> so if you're tuning in right now, thanks a lot for the support. And if you want to share this podcast with your friends, please do so and make sure to make a screenshot of it and post it in your Instagram stories and tag me under at nicholas.polito and Nicholas with a K, by the way. And um, yeah, I will personally reach out to you and provide you with some unique hacks on your Instagram theme, portfolio feed, whatever you may call it, so you can grow and hustle and bring attention to the things that matter to you. Sounds alright? So let's go. One, two, three, let's set the trend and enjoy the show. So hey everybody, we're going to talk about uh, the three R's, rejections, risks and regrets, right? But first of all, we're going to start with my, um, I would say, least favorite one. And that's probably risks, right? <laughs> no, why, it's, why is it my least favorite one? Because um, risks, um, although my entire life, if you would probably... Um, make a biography at, at this age at least at this age at least in 21 years old it will probably have the title risks or risk something like that let's play the risk game or so and and the reason this is um when i say i take i took a lot of li risks i literally mean that like every single day <laughs> because i risk every single day to to um yeah get fucked up by some some son of a gun right but because in Germany I had a really rough um, upbringing, sort of, and um, pretty much because uh, if you want to know who you want to be and who you truly are, that's what you need to, needed to do. If that's gonna elevate you, then yeah, that's the way to go, pretty much. And 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 the fucking point is to figure stuff out right from the get go. But. Uh, yeah, once you do this risk, like once you once you get into that, and that's entirely it, right? Um, and I and I lost many many times, and uh, and I failed also a couple of times, like really badly, and 
awfully and I'm really ashamed of that. I'm and 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 even despite that fact, I'm gonna share this one story on the podcast. So I mean that hurts a lot if you um, take a risk and you lose everything. Let's just say a random number you put in um, ten thousand or fifty thousand happened to a guy I know, and we split apart kinda. Because he was so broken, he couldn't really trust anybody anymore because he invested into that company and they entirely lost his funds, 50,000 euros at that time. And um, yeah, he lost everything because he thought that was trading and that's, he's going to win. And he didn't. <laughs> and 50K is a really much and in, in comparison to what I'm going to tell you right now. And um, yeah... But obviously, it's not as much as regret. I mean, that would come to a higher price point. Because if he didn't do that, he would never ever know if he made the right call or not. Like, he would always judge himself and like say, hey man, did I really make the right choice? And he just doesn't know. Obviously, looking back now, he made the wrong choice. But um, at that time... And I'm probably just going to make him a lot stronger, but let's talk about the um, risks part. Why I took so many risks, and probably that's the reason why you do too, because we share a common experience, right? Early on, in my life at least, um, when I was about to move on to fifth grade from fourth grade, in Germany there's a transition period where I got transferred from elementary school to a different school. And there was a big day coming up. I remember it vividly. It was in July and everybody was told, you go into that school or you go into this school. And in Germany, the, the way that works is they uh, categorize students um, based on their grades uh, in which school they're supposed to go. Okay? Now, let's. there are three school types. Number one is the school where when you are lucky enough to go there, like when you have good grades and you're a top student, you're gonna probably study right away, or you have you have actually you have no. I'm probably not gonna study right away, but you have access to all the materials and resources, and they have cool programs there, and it's pretty much an entry ticket to university and all that stuff. And in you and and in Germany, university is free, so uh, and they prepare you for that, give you really cool uh, knowledge. I mean, that's pretty cool. And um, there's a second school, is more like a vocational school where they probably are more focused on making you a valuable citizen uh, for the industry and they kind of um, fit a job profile on you and they don't really care uh, they just invite a couple of people and some people say okay man I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that and that's it like I, I, I don't think that you have a lot of choice there like like sure you have choice and some people make the choice not to listen to these bullshitters and say hey man I'm gonna be a mechanic and do this because that's a way to make money. And just after school, man, that's ridiculous. Like to say, like, I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> like, nobody knows that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and there's, there's this, um, this last school. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, and I'm saying it with, yeah, a lot of hate, actually. Because uh, it's not, not against the people there. Just because of the school system. Because it's based on giving you no fucking chance at all. Like the chances, the odds that you're going to become successful after you got graduated from the school 
are zero to nothing. That's what my grandpa would say when we would talk about that. Because <laughs> it's, it's insane. Um, so, yeah. So the day came. And I was taught, hey, man, you go into the shitty place called school. That shitty place was called Hauptschule, okay? That's probably, yeah, that's the worst school ever. And on the first day, like in September, I got into the class and these people were also different. Like, I, I got there because I had fucking bad grades. That's the truth. That's honest because I didn't care about that. I had really good reading skills and presentation skills and selling skills and all that because that's all that mattered to me. That's when the time where I really realized, okay, man, um, you don't really want to be in school. I get it, but you kind of have to. So the best way to go is to kind of be a medium student. But at this year in fifth grade, my main focus was to get out of there because these people were um, really uh, broke, literally. They were off psychologically. They had a bad mindset. They had a bad, they had a bad vibe. I was, I, I was literally, I was not afraid, and but I just wanted nothing to do with these people, right? And I, and I just thought, how can somebody be so stupid? And I, and I, at that time, I really, I, I, I was really antisocial. I, I didn't want to have anything to do with these people, and 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 I, and I really was kind of a, a loner. And sure, I ha hang out with some of those guys, and they made fun of me, or. Um, but still, it's, it's funny because I, I still try to inspire them as well because I was the only guy who actually spoke English and um, was able to read properly, and that's what kind of stuck out. They're like, and they kind of saw me selling stuff and all this kind of shit. And like, what is this guy doing? He's kind of weird. <laughs> like, I mean, obviously, I would encourage everybody who is in a bad position in a school where he they he doesn't get fucking choices. Um, you should start selling shit because that's your ticket out of there. And making it in the system is very difficult because only a few make it. Like, um, So anyways, I actually made it and got to the vocational school and later on I got to the, um, to the better school, the first school one, and that's where I graduated and then that, after that I um, got here, sort of. And um, yeah, but in this school life, in, in this fifth grade, I made a really valuable experience, okay? So I was in school and um, I met a girl, okay? <laughs> now that's how it starts, right? I met a girl, a really flirty, adventurous chick. Her name was Alisa and probably um, when she's listening and I doubt she will ever hear of this podcast, but if she does, um, yeah, hopefully doing very well and obviously don't take that personally what I'm going to say next. So, um, yeah, I, I, I met this girl and she was really attractive and I played around with her. Obviously, I was a young kid and um, I was kind of weird enough, but she kind of saw that I gave her all my attention and at least in school because that still mattered a lot more than the class because the class was for idiots. I could pass the class with my blind eyes because that was for people who basically couldn't read and I'm not kidding. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, um what these people taught me there or what they tried to teach the students that is insane like it's it's like it's like simple multiple choice stuff like um things that you would guess would common ground with with common sense okay <laughs> so 
yeah, she was, you flirted and, and every single day. And, and one time, like, I really got attracted to her. I really got attracted to her over time. And I, I, every single day at night, I would prepare my stuff. I would prepare myself every single day at night, my school stuff, my school supplies and for, for study things, like what I was going to sell the next day. Or, I don't know, I would, I would prepare myself because I was really punctual and, and had some highly ethics my mom had embedded into me because that's the right thing to do and stuff so um and every single day i i, I made it almost a habit I, I don't know how long i did that probably for a few months or so and i would write a note on a piece of paper and kind of fold it and on that piece of paper i would write every single day every single day okay that this is really happening um um do you like me and I don't know, I, yeah, I said, I wrote, um, do you like me and do you want to go out with me? And that was directed to Alisa, um, this girl, and I wrote it on the piece of paper. And I marked, of course, like a very big circle for a yes and a very, like, almost none. You couldn't almost, you couldn't, you probably couldn't see it. You probably needed a, something, some specific tool to see that or zoom in and with, 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 with pencil, with thin lines, a uh, little circle where the answer was no. But the black one with the uh, with the edges and so with the big yes, you could see. And she had to mark one of these things. Now that's pretty cool, right? <laughs> so, and um, there was a big um, act in, in class in school. Like like some we had to act like some um, I don't know some sort of like like piece. I don't know some some art piece from some some poet. We 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 read, we read a book. That was it, right? We read a book in school, which was kind of unusual, and we had to kind of play, uh, we had to kind of like portray the figures out of the book, and I was one of these guys, and actually there were only two or three people, because I was one of the only ones who actually read the book and understood what it was about, and the characters and the, person and the, per and the personalities in there, so there was this big evening. Right, um, where um, we had to perform in in front of a stage, um, and the parents were there, the teachers were there, and the students were there, and everybody had a different part. Not all of them, but a few students had to go on stage, and that was me. Early on in life, I always found it very easy to speak in front of people, and it was very hard for me to socialize with people. Like that's crazy. I was able to speak in front of a lot of people in a huge audience. But I was unable to speak, not on the stage, but in the daily basis life, when it only came to just small talk and communication and stuff, to average people, like to, to people um, above my solar system or whatever, like in a different world where I couldn't really identify and relate, was really hard for me. So, um, and before I got on stage, like obviously... Um, I was kind of the leader of the group and I said, okay, man, you have to say this and you have to say this. And I even printed a sheet out on my old computer at that time in the basement where I lived in, in a cool house. And that was a fucking Windows uh, PC in 97 or whatever. And I had, had scripts, everything, and was really ex excited. And then I walked by and, 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 and then um, before the presentation, before the stage thing, right? Um, I saw, I heard Johnny in the corner with Alisa's sister. And Alisa's sister was telling him, Hey, Johnny, um, I just want to tell you, um, Alisa likes you very much. She likes you very much. Almost like, um, 
she insisted that he would talk to her and all this kind of stuff. And I don't know why she said that, but I heard that. And that was the point. And at that point, I was so crushed. And that was actually the exact same day where I decided, okay, man, I'm going to perform on stage. She's going to realize who I am. She's going to notice that because these fucking idiots, they don't know how to do shit. They don't know how anything because I sort of believe that if I could prove to her that um, um, I'm worthy of her attention, she would give and I would give her the note and put it the next day on her table or um, kind of like put it in her, her bag or so, she would give me a fucking chance. Like I, I still believe that that um, I, I believe that that time, actually my entire school life, and that's probably why I was not really successful because I believed I had to gain some recognition in order to make the call. I had to kind of like, yeah, prove my, achieve something very significant in order to gain attention. And um, so um, I heard that and I was so inc incredibly crushed. I was so crushed that I heard that bad news like, she likes you. And I said, she doesn't like me? What about me? I, I, I wanted to give her that note. I really wanted to. And, and, and um, end of story, I, I, I was almost in tears. I was completely crushed and we had this stage. But I could, I could keep myself together. I performed. I was a little bit nervous. And in my head, I was always somewhere else. I performed very well and I got good reviews and stuff. But I was really off that day. And I throw that piece of paper away and I never asked her. And and I really got depressed. And by the way, Johnny is a really great guy. He was a friend to me for a lot of years, and and I still, I still um would fight for him because he's a really great guy. And obviously at that time he was a big tall guy. He was muscular. He's he's he looks like Dwayne Johnson or so. And um, I was pretty slender at that time. Still am sort of. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that was the one time I regretted it because. The key takeaway from that is that nobody gives a shit if the sister says she likes you. She had to tell that to me because I, if if I were to travel back in time, I would tell myself then, do it, man, do it. Because regrets are good, are sting. They sting, okay? They're not good. And I hate that. I always have to think about that. What if? What if if I did that? Would she would would she would she consider me? And uh, honestly, I don't know. But from that experience on, from that moment on, I took every single risk in my entire life, every single risk. If if there was an opportunity for me to win, I would do it right away. I would do it right away, and that's a point. Um, that somehow we need a wake up call. That regret is shit. And no matter what it is, you cannot do that. I regret that deeply, and I will regret that probably in 10 years and 20 years. Um, obviously, probably not so much if I found my special someone and then um, magic happened and stuff. Then I would probably move on. But till today, I kind of wonder why. And yeah, people are saying, you're going to be let go and stuff, and that's past. And I think about it on a daily basis. But once in a while... If I look back and tell people and try to relate to them and all this stuff, it comes up. 
it comes up and it stings. And that's the reason why I make, take so many risks, why I moved to to United States in the first place. That's a huge um, reason because that was a risk. And I said, okay, you got to take every single risk. That's the policy, period. And that's the thing about risk. And risk you could lose, like I told before. You could lose and you are going to lose in the beginning. Um, but you're going to get better and you're going to figure it out. You're going to figure it out. And um, when I moved here, um, about the risk part, um, obviously, um, nothing bad happened. I mean, I talked about it before. I kind of lost my, my track. I lost my course. I lost my sight. And then I got back on it. Um, early on today, I posted um, something on Instagram. Feel free to check that out. It's... Uh, at nicholas.polito and um, post talks about the key components of how it's uh, what what's key components of success right and the first thing is clearly have the right mindset and believe and no no just know you can you have to know you can and the second thing was um, that you have to attain proficiency in your craft and the third thing was have a consistent strategy and stick to it obviously I get action plan, and and by taking this risk, moving, to, I had the right mindset. I believe I, I I didn't believe that I can. I knew that I can. I can figure it out. I can do that. Um, but the fact was number two was not in place. I I'm, I was not entirely sure if I had the proficiency for my craft. I needed to learn that. I needed to get that down. And in the first place, I didn't really realize my craft and what that actually was. It was deeper. And so I had to dig a little bit deeper until I actually found, okay, that's it. That's that's actually my actual craft. And I should trouble, um, uh, double down on that one, right? And um, that's brand design, actually. Designer, that's that's pretty much the craft we're talking about here. But for you, it may be something else. It may be... a little bit off here of track but now um since we have that that regrets part covered we have that risk part covered and we're going to talk about the last thing and that's something that i actually embrace and that's a weird one that's actually my favorite one and that's rejections um as well with elisa i got rejected by tons of women um one day i had to ask a lady or a girl for a prom date and yeah, obviously we were having dancing classes and I had to ask about 100 girls until I got a yes. And because that's the that's a power of guerrilla marketing. If um, you approach 100 different girls from 100 different backgrounds, somebody is going to say yes. And actually I found somebody in a very short time. But yeah, that's too much. That's the thing about rejection because um, I don't know what, why people reject you in general. I mean, there are a lot of theories and explains, and that's psychology and stuff. Um, but I believe it's just because they don't know any better. Or maybe because they know a lot better. Because they know, okay, um, that's not my fit. Early on today, uh, or last, yeah, yesterday, um, um, a guy uh, at the Nissan store for uh, who sells car and stuff, car salesman, and uh, last year or something, I had a test drive with a car, and he still called me every single day or so to exaggerate and I never got back to him 
because I found it kind of spammy the way he approached me and always left different numbers behind and then I blocked him and he called me on a different number and I found that kind of yeah shitty and it's like hey man God, come on man I'm not in the mood here and always like at those horrible times where I was busy doing something other stuff so anyways yeah I, I rejected that guy because it was not a good fit for me or him because um I kind of didn't like his approach and I kind of didn't want the shitty ass car and I kind of just wanted to see if that was something but he didn't really understand that and um, I honestly I didn't too really communicate that that's a problem like we have to communicate but most people don't do that and that's a prime example of it <laughs> so um, yeah so but the rejections part here um, I, I got with the girls and in Germany and with uh, business I pretty much it's it happened rarely in Germany where I was rejected because I know how the game was played in Germany at least and I kinda had um, shortcuts to everything and an answer to everything so nobody ever doubted my intellectual capacity to solve problems like nobody ever doubted that and um, cuz cuz I knew what the fuck I was doing and in America, it's a totally different game. So the first thing, I, I found a job here as a door-to-door -door salesman. I kind of thought and listened to Grant Cardone and Patrick B. David. If you don't know them, look them up on YouTube. They're pretty cool. And um, they said, like, selling is the one skill that everybody needs to do. And it's like, okay, man, what could be harder than door-to-door -door sales? I mean, that's pretty much an unbeatable task, right? Uh-huh. So why don't I do that? Why don't I learn how to sell on fucking door-to-door -door residential area and um, be the best at that and then I could change in the industry and, and leave these suckers because I didn't believe in the product and um, go somewhere else and, and have that skill set. Now, I'm obviously we went door-to-door. -door, um, so anyways, um, yeah, I was rejected so many times uh, over door-to-door -door when we, ha we had to walk in the deep summer and it was sweating and every single time like a new approach, a new client, a new chance and whatever, right? I made a lot of uh, experience and it really embraced the fact of me that I would never give up and uh, give up and I never gave up but I, I but I was not really good at me. It wasn't for me um, to be a door-to-door -door salesman because I think that's something you can do for a short time but not something you should do for a lifetime and everybody who says I want to go in that industry good for you man it's not for me but you make some valuable experience in there and taught me a lot um, also per sales skills I mean obviously there's so much you can learn from books and from courses like I said Grant Cardone is pretty much a real expert on that or um, I wouldn't say Patrick but David but more Grant Cardone so if you want to follow somebody on YouTube or um, Instagram whatever just type in the name Grant Cardone okay and and you find find him and figure him out and yeah he's pretty much a cool guy and um, kind of controversial also so um yeah I learned a lot from that and then I moved on but in that experience first I got to America risk a lot and in order not to have any regrets and then I got so many times rejected from this thing and then I tried to figure for another job and that didn't really work out until I found what I actually wanted that took me some time to embrace what it was and um, 
rejections really do leave a mark on us. Because I got rejected early on in life by so many people, by friends, by peers who didn't want to hang out with me. Like, actually not friends, I'm just saying that because I was so nice to them. And I thought, yeah, he's my friend, he's my buddy, and in reality, he was never my friend. And, um, but, um, <laughs> that's just a positive vibe <laughs> mindset, like, you kind of try to uh, neglect and say, hey man, I have a lot of friends if you don't have a lot of friends, right? <laughs> but the point is, um, I, I was so used to that, so that really didn't have an effect on me, like some guy, random dude, slamming his um, door in front of my, yeah, face, because that was something I was used to. But it really left, leaves a mark on us all. When we get rejected, when we when we take risks and it doesn't work out, when we have regrets. I mean, uh, regrets are something you should never have. I mean, you're going to have regrets no matter what you do. And um, risks, you're also going to fail, but you're also going to win at some. And rejections, that's just part of life. So no matter what we do on a daily basis, um, we cannot change the fact that there are risks, there are regrets, and there are rejections. But you decide what you're going to do with that. Are you going to make a positive experience out of that or a negative experience? For me, Elisa told, taught me always, always to take the shot. Always. And I'm thankful for her for, for teaching me that, even if she didn't mean to. And um, with the risk part, America and all that stuff, that's just a natural habit to me. Like, nobody taught me that, or that's just how I live. Even though it's my least favorite, because there's always shit going down the tubes, and no matter what I do, a new thing, I'm always gonna fucking um, make some mistakes, make some bad calls, bad judgment, whatever. Because um, like Tony Robbins said in a podcast I listened to, um, the way you win in life, the way you win, the way you succeed is by making, um, uh, by bad, ju by 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 um, by good judgment. Actually, that's what he said. You make experience, you make, you win in life by good judgment, and the way you get good judgment is by making experience. And the way you do that by making experience um, is sometimes bad judgment. That's the cause of of experience. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, hopefully you enjoyed this podcast episode. Um, yeah, kind of wanted to talk about the thing with regrets and risks and kind of you to get to know me a little bit better if you had the time to do that. So anyways, um, um, as being said, we're going to have a new episode out, out pretty pretty soon actually because now I got everything set up, the framework and stuff, and that was the real issue because this podcast hosting side, this is a real, real sucker, but... Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna tell you, let you know about that. How's that going on? Um, and in the meantime, yeah, have a great day, and um, um, I see you in the next episode. See ya.